0: Axelon Archives, where we watch every episode of the 1996 CG cartoon, Beast Wars. I'm Dawood. I'm James. And, like I said, this is the Axelon Archives.
1: Yeah, so we're going to get ready to watch uh, Beast Wars Episode 3, The Web, aired on September 18th, 1996, written by Larry Tattillo, who we've mentioned is the other of the two story editors. He only wrote 11 of the uh, episodes, which is still a lot including all the ones that will involve the the alien Vok, who we're going to see a lot later. And also, as a side note, he wrote "Mask of Niarlotep" for the Call of Cthulhu RPG, which is apparently really good. I'm not as familiar with that system, but I know a lot of friends who like that. I,
0: so it was kind of
1: a weird, uh, neat tie.
0: I've been learning about the Cthulhu mythos recently, uh, thanks to a YouTube channel called The Exploring Series. Uh, mm-hmm. They were. They did an entire series on the Cthulhu mythos. I was left more lost than anything because I had no background for it, though.
1: Yeah, it, it's weird, but it comes up in a lot of lot of uh, geek stuff, so it's uh, worth knowing for that. Yeah. See, and also the other bit of interest. This was directed by C. Michael Easton, who only ever directed this episode of Beast Wars. But I was doing some research, and he went on to ILM and worked as a lead animator on uh the michael bay movies he was the lead animator on the first one revenge of the fallen animator of dark of the moon and uh say what you will of like the movies as a whole but they had some good cgfx and animation in them so good on him
0: yeah so that's why i couldn't find anything on him when i was writing up my notes okay Mm -hmm. that makes sense so uh, as you mentioned, this episode uh, aired on September 18th. So, mm-hmm. uh, oh, it, did we want to do any catch-up before we move into the episode, or uh, we will? I'm just not moving on to it yet. I, uh, oh, sorry. I, I was so when I was grabbing the date, because uh, mm-hmm. I realized this episode, the last two episodes aired in sequence on weekdays. Back when the cartoons used to do that, remember that?
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's weird going back and looking at uh, how cartoons were. Like how a lot of this early part of Beast Wars is very episodic because you could do a lot of that. And I mean, cartoons can still get away with being pretty episodic and giving a chance to find their footing. But you don't always get that with uh, modern shows since when we get into this episode, this episode is, you know, kind of a... There are some interesting parts to it, but like the plot's kind of nothing. But uh, before we get into the episode, do you want to uh, catch up and chat uh, chat, the chat or something?
0: Uh, yeah, let's, let's recap. So, uh, good, bo- good bots and bad bots are on uh, trapped on an what we assume is an alien world. Looks very very primitive hint, tint, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> uh, we didn't really get much set up there. Uh, the bad guys are there looking for uh, a energy so- or a fuel source that they call energon, uh, which is basically the uh, lifeblood of their creator. Uh, which is not mentioned in this series at all, like anywhere at all. Uh, but that's, uh, they are planning to, the, the Predicons are planning to use it to basically fund, to power a war effort.
1: Uh, that's like, uh, that was like, uh, we were going to think, but like, if we're talking about, like, the episode itself, uh, do you want to move into, I guess want to move into the episode itself?
0: Uh, yeah, okay, let's set uh, right. up the Reinach Rundown.
1: What's new is again. Rhinox, what's going on?
0: Okay. So at the maximal base, Cheetor... Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, we open up with a uh, long zoom up the river, which kind of give us an environmental shot and hopefully hide that uh, effects aren't too good for this at this time.
0: But they're okay. But uh, yeah, at the maximal We're base, uh, Cheetor, or as they're still calling him at this point in the show, Cheetor... Like very very distinguishingly pronouncing it that way. Mm-hmm. So uh Cheetor volunteers to enthusiastically to field test the new comm link Rhinox developed to aid their long range communications, uttering the first of yeah. his R- RoboKid catchphrases, Ultra Gear.
1: Yeah, I did note that since I was like <laughs> What? There's gonna be a lot of like uh Cheetor lines that uh that I just had questions like, What are you talking about, Cheetor?
0: It kept making me think of Impulse from Young Justice.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it, it's definitely like pr- primo 90s, this is what the kids talk like dialogue.
0: Mm-hmm. So Cheetor is instructed to take care of the device and not. And if he finds any Predacons, head back to base. Uh, like anyone thinks he's going to do that? So mm-hmm. Cheetor bolts out of the room, Rhinox expressing a bit mm-hmm. of doubt. Wow. Uh, not this early in the show, no.
1: Yeah.
0: So he bolts out of the room. Rhinox expresses a bit of doubt, but Primal's confident that Cheetor will... Now I'm doing it. Cheetor will be fine. <laughs> Five micro quads away, Cheetor hears an explosion caused by Scorpinox trying to recover a mega cannon from one of the two ships. Oh, actually, this is interesting. So, um, like, these are all actors that become familiar to a lot of people who uh, watch animation. Uh, Scorpinox is... I never remembered him in anything, but I looked him up again. Uh, his Don Brown, his uh, voice actor, was Jokin in Inuyasha. Yasha. Oh. Uh, do you know why this is actually uh, actually worth mentioning?
1: Uh, no. Uh,
0: because uh, David Kaye, who voices Megatron, was Sashomaru.
1: Oh yeah, so that it, that part I did know. Even though I haven't know. watched it in Yasha.
0: Yeah, so both shows. Uh, Don Brown is the lackey to uh, David Kaye. I just thought that's a, that's a yeah. coincidence. Yeah. Um, so Cheetor radios a, pri- a report to Primus, er, Primal <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. and heads off to investigate, uh, openly defying Primal's orders to not get into any trouble. Primal leaves to recover Cheetor b- before something bad happens, but Cheetor finds Scorpion and radios Reinach that he's going to take immediate action. He holds Scorpionock at gunpoint with what's going to be known as the gut gun, which until I rewatched this episode, I never realized why they call it that. It literally looks like the barrel is made of intestines.
1: Yeah, you know why it, why it looks like that?
0: Because it's stored in his belly for the toy?
1: Well, yeah, like, well, it's stored in his belly to the toy. Like, it forms a part of lower chest cavity. But also when you take it out, like, you see intestines. And if I remember correctly, it's plastic and squishable. So what you can do is fill it up with water and just squeeze it to shoot water.
0: That is cool and disgusting at the same time. Yes. So a 90s boy toy.
1: Yeah. 90s.
0: <laughs> so Tarantula, surpri- but Tarantula surprises Cheetor, giving Scorpion the time he needs to take Cheetor out with a missile. Uh, yeah, take him out with a missile. By the time Primal f- finds him, the Predacons are gone, and Cheetor is left heavily damaged. Uh, Cheetor has, a, has himself a little coma dream, where he takes out Pterosaur, Megatron, and Waspinator. Easily before Tarantos and Scorpion creep up on him from the shadows, like like it's a monster movie. Uh, he also interestingly uh, sees Rat Trap for just a second, kind of precognizing. Guess the word uh, of Rat Trap's later involvement in the in the episode. Uh, now I was wondering why they chose Megatron. Uh, Megatron's obvious, but why Waspsader and Pterosaur? And uh, I realized they're not in the episode at all.
1: Yeah. I think they might show up later when they're, like, setting up the cannon, but, like, otherwise they're not in this episode at all.
0: Yeah. So I guess just to give the actors something to do for for the episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Cheetor wakes back up on the Axelon, uh, having been repaired by Rhinox, which uh, later in the show they'll, whenever they need repairs, they'll just come out of what's noted as the CR chamber, the back of the tank, as we referred to them last episode. Uh, But I guess those aren't working now yet. Cheetor tries to explain to, uh, to the Maximals gathered around him that he had to take immediate action to sco- stop Scorponok's recovery of the cannon, but Primal and the others are still disappointed with him for losing both the communicator and the cannon because of his impulsive actions. It was actually when we learned that the Transformers have been on the planet for at least a month because that's how long it took Ronak Ra- uh, to make the communicator. So once Primal leaves, Trap gives Cheetor a hard time causing Catbot to snarl back and rush out of the room again, another first Cheetor referring to Optimus as Big Bot. Rhinox makes Rat Trap face up to what Cheetor is definitely going to do, so Rat trapper relents and goes after Cheetor. In Predacon territory, Pterosaur and Scorponok install the newly recovered cannon. Uh, Cheetor tries to sneak past them, but is so focused on waiting for the right moment, he doesn't notice Tarantulas emerge from the ground behind him and is quickly ensnared like a spider. Uh, he wakes up stuck to a web, which I'm really hoping it didn't come out of Tarantulas. <laughs> just explains it's a stasis web that will drain his energy before Tarantulas eats him. In the Axelon's main room, Pri- Primal, Rhinox, and Dinobog look over the hollow map of the Crash Predacon ship, and Primal prepares to send Trap on a scouting mission, but Rhinox covers for his friend and says that he- the rat is looking for Cheetor, or talking about Cheetor. Uh, Rattrap's already in Predacon territory, following Cheetor's scent, because he can do that. Finding the cavern, Tarantulas is ho- holding him in. While the two battle, Tarantulus increases the speed at which the web drains energy from Cheetor. Tarantulas hunts Rattrap through the cavern with a thermal scan, but Rattrap fools the vision with a, uh, a hotbox and beats the spider in a Mexican standoff. After destroying the energy web, Rattrap grabs Cheetor and uh, gets ready to leave, but one last blast from Tarantulas forces Rattrap to make his exit by dabbing away from a large explosion, which causes the cavern to collapse on Tarantulas. Back at the base, Rattrap lies to Primal and claims he and Cheetor were just hanging out together. The act spares Cheetor from Primal's rage. In private, Rattrap emphasizes that to Cheetor that Rattrap was only trying to cover his own hide, but Cheetor is still grateful for his pal. Okay, so that's the Rhinox Rundown. We're moving on to the Rattrap Wrap.
1: It's like I always say, we're all gonna die. I know I know. Shut up, Red Trap. Shut up,
0: Red Trap. Okay.
1: Okay, so yeah, so this has a pretty uh basic plot it's like all things considered. Like it like I noticed it was kind of a bit of a they kind of scaled back some of the production values compared to the other one. That's not as many characters interacting on screen, particularly we only get Basically, only two Predacons do anything this entire thing. Most of the action that happens is usually one on one. I imagine, given how expensive the show is, they're probably scaling a bit back back a bit after the pilot, which doesn't mean you don't get some cool stuff. Just, just they had to uh, draw a little bit back. So, uh, yeah. So the uh, dream, dream. Let's see. One thing I want to talk about is like the dream sequences. That was. Kind of weird, and also kind of necess- uh, necessary. Also, weirdly, it takes place on what I assume is Cybertron, and features, I think, Starscream going by? I don't know why. Why would you know about that? Well, I think it's
0: just an easter egg to the past series, that's all it was. Mm-hmm. Just the, the first mention we get, act- like, actual mention we get of G1.
1: Yeah, they're innocent. There's a lot of good Cheetor dialogue in this. Uh, one other thing I, ha- I uh, copied down is when Cheetor finds Scorponok and uh, dial, and dials into Rhinox, Rhinox tells, when he tells him, no can do, baby blue, which... Uh, <laughs> what? Like, what does that mean? Rhinox doesn't have blue eyes? Or any blue one like his character model?
0: The transmetal toy of Rhinox was blue, though. Yeah. Other than that, that's right. Really, yeah. <laughs> I don't know that's if that line... Was... That, sorry, that's way before this was a concept, though. Yeah.
1: I don't... Maybe that line was written for talking with Optimus, but otherwise it still kind of a weird line. Yeah. And this is mostly supposed to be like a pretty standard like, oh, Cheetor learns a lesson. He learns to not go out and also gets a hole blown into his chest, which is a bit – seems a bit much for a children's show. I mean, they're all robots. When he, like, was laying down and, like, kind of slumped to the ground, and said, wow, that's that's a bit intense for a kid's show. Oh,
0: yeah, but the fact that he's a robot means they can do that. Uh, yeah. I'll give you two, two examples. In I, I, the 90s X-Men animated series – uh wolverine can kill whoever he wants because they're fighting robots mm-hmm. the same thing with uh the ninja turtles cartoons i think uh like later seasons of the 80s show and the 2003 series they they can only fight uh the foot because they're robots they can't do like they, you can't inflict violence on an actual human on a kids tv show mm-hmm. yeah oh actually no, speaking of the dream uh did you notice Tarantula has a, the wrong number of eyes in the dream?
1: Uh Tarantula's well like yeah Tarantula's always kind of has the wrong number of eyes like, like it's funny Rat Trap Nick calls him eight eyes in this cuz of course he's a spider mm-hmm. but if you look at like his later of things he actually has nine because of how they're arranged. It's uh does he always have nine or that is just a dream? Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Oh, a uh, little
0: biology note. So spiders can have varying number of eyes, but it's usually an even number. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they 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 are they're a little iffy on spider biology in uh this on this episode. <laughs> since Blizzard uh they, biology period, since uh, when uh, he has a uh, Cheetor trapped up to his stasis web, he's draining his energy and leaving the show on much as if a spider does uh, does in real life, which raises the question is does he do this normally is this does he decide to do it because he turned into a spider? Is this something he always does i I well, okay, so from uh, what I can gather
0: they did adopt some personality traits of their beast forms, but at the same time they show like the computer chose beast forms that are compatible to them. so I'm gonna say he was kind of a spider before, but he probably didn't munch on other mm-hmm. other things.
1: Yeah, we also do get a uh, start of uh, Ratchet being kind of a bit of a uh, Rattrap being a bit of a gadgeteer. So you mentioned the uh, hot boxes am pulling out. Uh, uh, later, retro' going to get a whole bunch of other things, like usually a lot of bombs and stuff. Kind of make it for the fact that he is like the little guy and doesn't, have, you know, not as strong at, um, as like Dinobot or or Optimus, and uh, you know, not as fast as Cheetor.
0: Yeah, he's meant but, to be weasel uh, Eventually they re- they realize this is his character. He's a weasel.
1: I mean, he literally turns into a rat. So, there you go. <laughs> yeah, also, um, also a bit I of unusual. You know, like, I remember last episode, I think it was like the first episode or last episode, mentioned how uh, they intentionally kept them in beast mode a lot of time in the show since they thought that they wouldn't be able to emote in robot mode. Nothing is more clear of that when they're having a war council meeting on the Axelon and you have Primal Dinovot standing at the hologram thing, which doesn't seem too weird because, you know, they're bipedal for the most part. But then Rhinox comes over and leans up with, like, his rhino feet up on the hologram thing. It's just like, are you sure you're not going to break that? Seems a little weird to do <laughs> it that way.
0: <laughs> uh, I was
1: thinking about that.
0: I'm just like, Rhinox, what are you doing? What, what Actually. It doesn't even make sense for Primal and and Dinobot to be in Beast Mode. I'm just like, you're inside the ship. You don't need to worry about the Energon. So why do you? Why are you in Beast Mode? And then I remembered, oh right, uh, animation costs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, all right. So uh, relating to Rat Trap, I one I don't remember what episode this is, but I remember at one point, uh, Optimus is flying him to. Uh, a flying island, I think, and then he says, uh, "Well, from what we can tell, there might be booby traps, and no one knows traps like Rat Trap." And for, to me, that's just the epitome of his how you describe Rat Trap's character. That's just yeah. that's Rat Trap in a nutshell. Yeah.
1: Also, uh, one other thing is, uh, have you seen Predator? Because they certainly have. Since uh, when Rat Trap is hunting, sorry, Tarantulas is hunting Rat Trap pulls out a thermal visor to try and track him, which sets up the heat device. But it was very much like tracking that thermal image.
0: Well, the weird part is that the thermal image that he sees when that's uh, actually the, the hotbox is in the shape of rat trap. Why are robots giving off a heat signature? Hmm. Right?
1: Well, it's, it's very much movie like the movie idea of thermal imaging, not how thermal imaging actually works.
0: It was the '90s. Probably no one really knew how that worked. Uh, plus, it's mm-hmm. a kids' show; they don't need to try that hard.
1: All right. Oh, and just just to not pick on a uh, not to pick up on uh Cheetor for like weird dialogue. Rat Trap also has some weird ones. Where we going back, he says, "Hey, fearless leader, what's the haps?" I guess.
0: Yep. All right. When you they show up back yeah. in the X one, I'm like, I try to remember when that was. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh...
1: Sadly, Dinobot doesn't get to do too much in this episode. His token appearance is when uh, Optimus asks for a strategy, he, had to, he t- says they should immediately do a frontal strike on the Predacon base. This, this of, is kind of a reoccurring thing with uh, with uh, Dinobot. He wants to like go in and sm- dash and do it quick.
0: It reminds me of Worf in Star Trek Next Generation because he's the security, security officer. It's his job to Always, uh, always be as overly cautious and overly aggressive as possible, because it's the captain's job to take that into consideration and then dial it back. Which I'm, I'm going to just say that he's the uh, the Dinobot is now officially the tactical officer, of the Axlon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's his job to, uh, if he sees a threat, is to uh, is it, to recommend something overly aggressive. We'll probably hear that a lot
1: from him now. On. I mean, basically, he's like. Aside from Prime, was probably like, the only full time soldier of them. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, there was um. Oh, we never see that mega cannon ever again. It's no, I mentioned. was actually
1: I was actually thinking. Oh, the, I, they do the earthquake. I'm like, oh, that's supposed to do something to do the mega cannon, right? But it doesn't really seem to do anything. Like, you think they would to finish? Like, oh, the earthquake caused it to fall off, and that's what stopped it. And but no, as far as we know, the mega the Predacons have like this big mega cannon which, to my knowledge, never comes back up in the show. Maybe I'm forgetting something, but who knows? I guess we'll find out.
0: I don't remember this thing ever coming, like, even mm-hmm. mentioned ever again. Not, also, the Maximals didn't take it down. Like, they just forgot about it. Yeah. So this car- this episode establishes Tarangeles as being uh, uh, a twisted mad scientist, mm-hmm. establishes uh, Cheetor as uh, the, the overly eager kid trying to prove himself to Big Bot. Rat is our is our like our gadgeteer of the yeah. uh, of, of this of the team. Uh, Dinobots uh, is overly aggressive with his tactics, and Rhinox is the calm, slow, gentle giant. Uh, one one of the few feedbacks I got was that we need to talk more about uh, characters.
1: Yeah, no, we you did, because like I. I was, just, like, in a uh, chat, I was talking about, like, how literature was, like, on the focus on character, but we haven't really been talking about the character yeah. so much, which is, yeah, that's definitely a flaw on our part.
0: Yeah, oh, and Scorponok, uh, good to think, whenever I think back to Beast Wars, Scorponok is something I always forget to, to think mm-hmm. about, because Scorponok is really just there to
1: do whatever Megatron needs him to do. Yeah, he, of, of all the season one Predacons, he's the one who kind of gets the least amount of characterization. Like, he's supposed to be Megatron's stooge, but he doesn't really have, like, a strong personality the way in, the others do. Like, he gets he gets at some things, like, apparently he's all, he kind of has a hodgepodge of ideas, where he's also a scientist, but, like, not a science officer like Tarantulas. He can, like, Kindy is the Kama guy, but he can't fly like Pterosaur on Wasp here, so he doesn't get used quite as much. And he's clearly not, sm- not not smart. Like he boasts that he's a second in command, but kind of feels like he was there by default. Although one bit of Scorbinox detail I ca- I noticed that uh, I think it's something that goes away later is on the Scorbinox missile tips. He has a uh, maximal symbols, which is supposed to be kind of like planning like a skull on your missile, like representing a kill. Apparently those go away later on the show because they had kids who were watching them confused and thinking Scorponok was supposed to be a maximal because he had those on there.
0: Oh, I thought it was just an animation error.
1: No, apparently that was an intentional thing they did. They just stopped doing because people thought it was an error. Uh,
0: yeah, see, I, I thought it was an error and they were just putting the wrong symbol on there.
1: It probably, it probably needs to be like look like a dead maximal symbol instead of just a straight-up maximal symbol in order for that to work, but they probably didn't quite, couldn't quite get the detail in.
0: Yeah, I mean, how would you represent that anyways? Put uh, X's in the mm. I's?
1: Yeah. <laughs> or like have an x out, out maximal symbol on it. Yeah. Uh, a good idea in theory that didn't actually, that uh get, that gets dropped. But yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, that reminds me. So, um, just because we were talking about the symbol, so we haven't actually talked about this because it was obvious to us. We're trying to remember that there, prob- there might be some people listening to us that don't know much about base wars and that's why they're. That's why they're listening to us. Uh, so I was actually just watching one of the special features on the copy of the DVDs I have. Uh, when they're crafting the Maximals, uh, all the Maximals are supposed to are supposed to be ma- mammals. Initially, they are. Whereas the uh, Predacons are all supposed to be insects or reptiles.
1: Yeah, it's kind of yeah, kind of similar tactics what they did with a uh, Gen One, where all the Autobots were. Mostly cars, at least at the start, and the Decepticons were uh, military vehicles. Yeah, military vehicles. Also, some things that could be hiding, hitting, and disguising. Just because it's kind of hard to other say. Why does one of them turn into a tape cassette, and uh, one is leading turn into a gun? It's like to deceive you, I guess.
0: Uh, th- actually, yeah, that's what they said. They they said like, well, with Gen One, we had the. Um, Autobots about being mostly cars, and the Decepticons being military vehicles. We wanted to have that clear distinction mm-hmm. with the Maximals and the Decepticons. Yeah, uh, this this trend won't hold as uh, quite as well later on because uh, the Maximals will get a uh, will get a bird and also a manta ray. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they get anyone else. who's... well. We're not not counting any Predacons who may or may not join the Decept- the Ma- Maximals, mm-hmm. like Dinobot did. The the that's the trend that mostly holds. Uh, I guess Quick Strike still fits that trend though for the Predacons because he's like a Cobra scorpion, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, but we're we're still far off from Fusors.
0: Yeah, but uh, one thing I was told is like, most of, uh, so we can. This casually mentioned uh True. as long as i'm spoiling major plot points we're fine yeah yeah it's a 20 year old show like if you're like 21 actually this is a, in, a, in like two months
1: <laughs> yeah speaking of characters that will come later uh one when, when a tarantulas tries to blow away then he does like give my regards to the inferno obviously the we can't say hell so we're gonna like this is gonna be transformer hell
0: Oh, well, you actually, so that reminds me, so I, was, I remember them calling it the pit. So the, this transition actually happened because of the introduction of the character Inferno. Mm-hmm. When, when they introduced Inferno, they, didn't want to, they wanted to avoid confusion, so they started referring to what they called the Inferno as the pit. Now, this isn't actually hell so much. It is, in the Predacon maximal belief system, it is the bad place. But unlike its heaven counterpart, the the Matrix, it's not quite as proven to be a real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the Matrix is... Oh, also, uh, the Matrix is also what the what uh, the pre- factory that creates the maximal pre- uh, protoforms is called, and the pit is also what the Predacon counterpart is. So the Predacons literally see themselves as coming out of hell.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know that bit.
0: It was like besides setting up more character moments, do uh, you think this episode actually
1: did anything? I mean, like it, it's it's you know this is like a spree, like you know standard like weekday show. You know, Cohen and say like, ah, oh, what is Beast sports going to do? Like, I don't want to sound too down on it because like I like I definitely enjoyed watching this as a kid. Just like going back, uh, I, I, like oh, where's where's all the it's it's easy to go back and say so, like oh, where's all the cool stuff that happens? So like this is and to be fair, like there are shows that are s- slow burn. Like I, I. Like, something I'm looking forward to, like, is this, kind of, will this show be kind of like modern shows like, uh, Steven Universe, or Gravity Falls, or Star Versus, where you have a lot of random stuff at the beginning that actually comes together and forms a plot later on? That's that's something I want to see if that happens, since I, it's been a while since I've watched it, so I can't say with for certainty what does and what not, and, will, and what will and will not be important. But I'm hoping some of this will.
0: Uh, so when we, uh, like, this is going to be probably a year down the line, uh, but when we get the introduction of Tiger Hawk, I want to talk about the Vox as uh, like with character details about them that was introduced after the series was over, because we never actually get a proper backstory for them in the show, but we do learn what they are at later on.
1: Yeah, season season three, when we get to it, there's a lot of things they want to do that they didn't quite do.
0: Yeah. Um when we get when we talk about the Vox, you'll have to explain what the swarm is.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> the swarm. Yeah, that, that'll that get complicated when it comes up.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I tried to look them up. Didn't get much detail.
1: Yeah. Uh, the Swarm is something only 90s kids will remember. Or specifically 90s kids that were collecting Simon Furman pen Transformers comics.
0: Hmm. He also did the Encyclopedia, right? For all Transformers?
1: Yeah. Okay. He was kind of like the definitive scribe for Transformers for a super long time. Hmm. It's only been with the i d. w stuff that he's like taken a step back
0: oh. I keep like we're, we were both worried that we we're gonna be uh about time constraints so far we have not really run into many yeah you cut it for me for the uh anything else you want to say before we move on
1: uh no, I think that uh yeah, I think that's uh, all that I have now most of the uh high points low points this Okay, so yeah, I think that's everything.
0: Alright. Um so
1: do you wanna start doing an MVP thing? Okay, yeah, let's let, yeah, let yeah, give one like let's give MPV awards. So MPV MVP. MVP of this character. I'm gonna give to uh I'm gonna give to he uh, seems like the obvious choice, but I'm gonna give it to Rat Trap since uh while this episode is spoke, has ostensibly largely about Cheater, he actually ends up doing a lot of plots. us. He accidentally goads uh, Rat uh, Cheetor into doing a solo mission to infiltrate the uh, Predacons' base, so having to drag his uh drag his butt out of the fire. You mean, you mean right it also, this also one thing I, that I actually did mean to mention is, you also get a bit of a softening of his character from the pilot, where he was just an out and out jerk and would not risk his hide for anyone. This is him actually doing something, even if it's under protest.
0: Yeah, the, uh, I think it's because they're, they're they are softening his character. Uh, another thing I noticed for this episode: uh, the animation, I think, took a step up as far as the characters were, t- were concerned. Obviously, the background did not change much. Yeah, yeah. But
1: since they're doing less characters at once, it feels like they have more time to focus on making them look better.
0: Yeah. Uh, so my MVP, uh, I want to say Rat Trap. At the same time, just hearing Tranchulus' maniacal laugh just get, still gets to me. Gets that thicker old than me. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say Tarantulus just to be contrary.
1: Yeah, Tarant- <laughs> Yeah, Tarantulus is kind of just one dimensional creepy guy, but he's d- he's gonna get a lot better down the road. Like he's got, like when he starts getting getting subplots and schemes like real- he'll like he'll yeah. This is definitely I feel the start of like getting what we of, like th- the Tarantos remember from the show. Even uh, if he also gets like ends up with him getting buried under rocks and saying I hate that rat and getting a comedy beat by a rock.
0: I think we uh, I didn't realize this, but I think Tarantos doesn't actually stay in the ship at all. I think he just as soon as they landed and he got his beast form, he just went out, made himself a little lab, and then just has been staying there all the entire time.
1: Yeah, and eventually we'll get his like little spider drones, which n- to let him spy around and when he even when he's not there.
0: Yeah. Uh I don't remember how he dies. Do you remember? Hmm? Do you, uh, do
1: you he, uh, Vox stuff.
0: Okay. That's, that's all we need to say about that. Yeah. Alright. So um so I guess that's it for the rat trap rap. <laughs> so I've been called the rat trap Yap. Uh, mm-hmm. Did we actually have an actual name? Because I think you've been saying uh, "rap."
1: I think yeah, makes sense. Uh. All
0: right. right uh, <laughs> we're not. We're not going com- to. Put, put them together. That's way too long and too much of a tongue twister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll, we'll just uh, we'll just call it whatever we call it. Uh, so, moving on to messages from the golden disc. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I have to say about that is, uh, not much. We need to care. We, I was told we need to focus more on character uh, mm-hmm. development. Uh, Alan, Charles finally followed us back. That's really all I got. Yeah, Alan. Yay. Okay, uh, okay so that's messages from the Golden Disk. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to our final thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of always had them. Oops. Yeah. Uh, So let's tease the next episode.
1: Yeah, yeah. Next, yeah. Next time on Beast Wars, we have the Equal Measures Dinobot manipulates both Maximals and Predacons around right a teleporter that Cheetor's unintentionally developed between both bases. So more Cheetor stuff.
0: This will be good because I actually don't remember this episode.
1: Mm-hmm. All
0: right. All right, so uh, that's all we got for for everyone. So thank you for listening to Axelon Archives. If you have any questions or just want to talk about Beast Wars, you can reach us on Twitter at at Axelon Archives. Email us at uh, axelonarchives at gmail.com. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, and Stitcher. Please leave a rating or review because it helps people find the show. Check out our website uh, at axelon.buzzsprout.com. You can find, uh, a follow either of us uh, on Twitter. Uh, I am at dalfaq. D a o f a q. Oh,
1: I am uh, at discord underscore inc.
0: alright and that has been all for this entry from the from the Axelon archives. Mm-hmm. Uh, entry close. <laughs> so,